Welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan, Annie, and John. Hola, friends. I would talk about how uh, clubs are cool, newspaper ads used to work, and we pick three cars built for the highway speeds in uh, one of our new twists on an old game. So uh, let's talk about uh, what we this week in cars before we get started on a historic lesson on a cool club. Why don't you take it away? Uh, really short, uh, since the GTR is still broken. But I did just run out to Napa Auto Parts and buy an air compressor and like a trasheroo uh, for a pretty good price. It was on sale. I got 15% off on it uh, because it's almost Halloween, so they gave it to me. I guess that's the thing with Napa Auto Parts. <laughs> Shout out to them anyway. Wait, what's a, um, what's yeah. a trasheroo? Uh, so a trasheroo is, or like it's a knockoff trasheroo, but trasheroo is like a brand name. Uh, it's something that you would hitch on your spare tire of your overland or adventure vehicle. Uh, and, and you could, you know, or trash in there as the name implies, or other things like wood or camping supplies and stuff like that. And so like what I'm going to use it for mainly is for camping wood. Uh, so I could save some space inside and not, you know, make the GX so dirty. So it's a man basket. It's basically yeah, it's basically a man man kangaroo pouch. It's a backpack for the tire on <laughs> the, the the back tire of your car. The backpack for that, folks. Yeah. Does it? Well, have... I don't have a I don't have a carrier. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna MacGyver uh, it onto my hatch somehow. So I'm gonna make it work. Interesting. But then I also be... bought a, a pretty powerful, apparently, uh, air compressor for uh, airing up my tires once I get back on paved road off the. Uh, off off-road trails once i get off the off-road trails should i say um i'm gonna probably put that in engine bay as our good friend ken had demonstrated that he had just done in his fj this weekend so he, he's my inspiration shout outs to him Whoop. very cool shout out to ken and uh john you said you had a pretty busy week uh looks like it here folks you can't see his his beautiful immaculate uh work that he's doing here it's a work in progress, so tell us about it. My room it looks like a disaster. Just yeah. went through your room, dude. <laughs> no, my room. Hey, I was, try- hey, I <laughs> I was, was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice, man. No, my room is <laughs> a disaster right now. So, so many things. Um, I changed the motor mounts on the GTR. I didn't talk about this on the last episode, right? I said I had to. Yeah, you said you were going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Nismo mounts for the skyliner trash that's what everybody says to run i shredded mine in half uh so i got some tough mounts as the brand you know shout out you know give us some kickback daddy just wants to taste um i got some tough mounts they're really stout i cannot believe how much engine vibration i'd gotten used to i didn't think anything was really wrong um but yeah one of my mounts was shredded in half I changed the transmission and rear differential fluid in the GTR. Went with the uh, the Smurfs blood, uh, red line shockproof light. Shifting is a lot better, and I have a very fresh transmission. It's got five, maybe ten thousand miles on it, but uh, um, it was occasionally notchy, um, but shifts a lot better already. Um, Bought. It's also on the list of things for me to do. On yeah. BT Dubs. Thanks. Um, I th- got 
I need new front brake discs and they're old Alcon two pieces. So like finding replacement rings for those discs is not simple. Um, so I ordered a whole bunch of brake parts for it. I got transfer case and differential fluid that I need to change on my truck and brake pads for my truck. I just ordered those. I haven't replaced them yet. I upgraded the steering wheel on the sim rig from an AccuForce V2 to a Simucube SC2 Pro with a wireless <laughs> yeah, with a wireless button okay. box. Um, yeah, wireless button box on the wheel. Let me tell you something. Uh you know, I already had a pretty high-end sim wheel and I didn't think that the difference in going from a $1,000 wheel to a $2,000 wheel would be that massive, right? From one direct drive to a different one. Um, it's insane. It is absolutely insane how good that SC2 is. I was, right before this, I was driving a Lotus 98T. Um, the heck track was I at? Well, it's not important. Road America, there we go. I was at Road America in a 98T. And that's some of the most fun I've ever had in a sim because the thing goes completely. For those of you that don't know, that's one of the F1 cars Art and Senna ran. It's a turbo era car, makes a thousand horsepower. Uh, it goes sideways every single gear change, every single <laughs> gear change. And it, it feels <laughs> so savage, but so right. Sometimes, I don't know if you guys ever driven like high torque direct drive wheels, but sometimes um, the wheel, those types of wheels just always feel artificially hard like the wheels like super hard to turn and it gives you a lot of feedback and communication and so it kind of feels good to drive but it doesn't feel realistic because real car steering wheels are actually you know they're easy to move um and a lot of times direct drive wheels are not but um that i don't know what they're doing at simucube but like that the software is really good like i can get the wheel dialed in from a new force feedback profile in 15 minutes and um just wrestling that thing going sideways out of every corner i never spun it like it, it, it it's really easy to pick up and get in i've never had a sim experience that you know usually it takes like an hour before you're actually kind of getting fast because you're just it's not quite right and this is uh this is stunningly realistic um and uh they're joking about my room being a disaster i've been purging a lot of stuff out of my life and throwing stuff away and blah 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 blah. uh i am also building a motion rig for the sim i could just start a fuck a friggin sim rig podcast i guess but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i'm doing like a diy motion rig for my simulator um it's gonna be three degrees of freedom for people that care uh anyway i've got all the motor controllers and i bought a case to house them and i got them all mounted and started wiring them up and I ripped all the wiring off of my sim because I changed a lot of things around. And now I have to get the wiring wrapped up and mounted onto the frame and stuff. Cause when it's moving, you don't want any wires to get pinched underneath anything and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, my room's kind of a disaster. I was also been in the garage doing some actual work. Um, cause it's turbo weather, right? It's crisp out, but it's not frigid yet. And it's great weather to go driving. And I want to enjoy the skyline while I still have some time before it, winter fully kicks in um so yeah i've i've been i've been deep in it so has ryan right yeah 
Nothing on the room exploding front or the simric <laughs> front. Uh, also, would agree with the minimalism of uh, removing things you don't need from your life. That's a good tactic to have in your house. I've taken about two uh, truckloads of just stuff that I don't need. Yeah. It's, it's a smart play. Uh, what I did, though, is I got away from my house for the weekend. Uh, the wife and I decided to go check out uh, an area just north of St. Louis. It's called Cal- Calhoun County. It's where the Illinois and the uh, Missis- er, yeah, Mississippi River meet. It's a little nice little jut just north of St. Louis. Uh, beautiful country. Uh, we stayed in a hollow, which is like all these side roads that go between the Mississippi River Road and the LNA State Highway. Um, things we did. Uh, we took a ferry across uh, the Illinois River, which was exciting. First time I've been on a ferry in a car. Uh, we then took that along the Mississippi River into St. Louis, which was beautiful. Uh, foliage on the left, you've got the Mississippi River to your right, and you're just cruising towards basically St. Louis. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. A lot of good windy roads. I'm in a Nissan yeah. Altima right now for the rental. So nothing super, you know, I didn't get too spicy with it. But these hollows are like one lane tarmac roads. Um, and we came up to this one road that reminded me of something like Toge. It was like a hill climb towards a, a, a winery, essentially. Um, and it was great. We would have explored more of that, but we had to get all the way to St. Louis. Nuts on this is we get into St. Louis. And this is like, I'm I'm from Omaha, which is like, city but it's like the biggest little city in the usa still super country um we had not one but three people pass us on the interstate system going like 100 miles per hour two of them were a dodge charger and the other one i didn't catch and this guy is like weaving between four-lane traffic coming into the six different internet interstate splits going into say it was just like this is nuts uh so apparently i've learned it, most of the way there too on these highways that nobody followed the speed limits it was like speed limits 55 everybody's going 70 it was i was like okay i guess this is the thing now um, what is the speed limit in california i don't know i have yet to find it dude cali, I have no cali folk <laughs> yeah, are notorious <laughs> i like it yeah i have no idea so it was fun uh and it was really quick getting in and there was a lot of cool boulevards and stuff it reminded me kind of of kansas city in that sense where it was just like Super boulevardy and then weird side roads. Omaha ruined me because it's super, super grid-like. There's yeah. no off-road. It's so perfect. And so you get into these – Texas is another example where it trips me out. All these little side roads, and you're like, this interstate does this to what and where. And it's just bizarre. And I'm so used to straight roads everywhere. Um, so it's it's nuts. But, yeah, so we went and ch- checked out the arch. That was super cool. Um, only recommend it if you haven't been there decided to head back and we took a different way back and then ended up uh going kind of outside of st louis as quick as possible more boulevards winding roads sort of stuff um super cool that was my saturday and then today we drove back um and hit some across there through uh bowling green basically and up towards hannibal which is where mark twain is from and we actually drove around the hills where mark twain's cave is and like where he lives super sick roads hannibal awesome little back misty roads hannibal is amazing, mad man. pretty hannibal is very it's so gorgeous and it's the time of year right now where all the foliage is chaining so we're and it's been it was rainy and foggy today okay and i'm, I'm foreshadowing here but it's been rainy and foggy all day, which is like my favorite type of weather. And we're driving through these trees. And there's like coming through Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, or I'm sorry, Missouri. There's like 
freaking fog coming off of these trees and these hills. And it was gorgeous, right? Uh, so we go and we knock out this cave, a lot of fun. Well, we start driving back. We're, we're like no serve cell service. We finally get cell service. I pop in, you know, drive home on, on, on maps. And it goes, we're about to drive through severe warning, go up through Iowa. And we're like, nah, we're not doing that. We're going to, we're going to go highway 36 across Missouri. And behold, the storm cell system we were driving towards produced about eight tornadoes today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we all those warnings next time. No. So here's the thing. So as we're driving towards it, it's like it's like it's like right outside of St. Joe, right? And it's like tornado warning. And then it's like two tornado. It's like here's a tornado warning, and then it splits in the north and south side of the storm have two tornadoes. And then like the next county, tornado warning. Next county. Oh, wait, wait, wait. hold on. Oh shit. Like so you you had the uber oh like like that that tiktok video oh, oh, oh shit. I, so you had uber oh no nah, white boy i don't follow tiktok oh, continue anyway right, sorry so yeah so we're driving we're driving westbound across missouri as this storm is coming eastbound across missouri just popping tornadoes warnings every single county it goes through all the way right so we're getting close to uh chili we is know it, that hold on it's chili coffee fool Chillicothe. Anyway, whatever. So, Chillicothe. Go. I heard him pronounce it both ways in the Walmart. So, uh, we're coming up to Chillicothe. 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 Uh, Native American names are cool, man. <laughs> I live in Omaha. I get it. Uh, so, we're. it's just like you start hearing the sirens coming off. My phone's emergency warning, and I'm like, screw this, and just floor it. So, I'm going like... We're like 12 miles out from the Walmart in the county. The siren's going off, and I'm going to hundo, and I'm just like, get out of my way, man. I don't even care. I just want to get out of my car. I don't want to drive through hail. This Nissan Altima at maximum setting on the windshield wiper is hot garbo. I was going 70 <laughs> earlier in like an orange patch. It was like moderate rain, not like, oh, shit, I'm driving in a legitimate storm rain, and I, I had to slow down. So I'm like, I'm not doing this at all. And so like I'm just schmobbing, and I get to the Walmart, and I'm like, skirt, and I'm just like, Wife and I book into the Walmart and we're just like, okay, we're going to chill. And I'm like, I need to sit down. I need to lay down. My, my heart rate is through the roof. We, we're trying to outrun a tornado. There's sirens going off on t- in the city on top of the Walmart sirens are going off. And it's like, warning, please go inside. But at this, there's people just sitting in the McDonald's parking lot like, whatever, I don't care. Sky's black, twisting stuff in the air. And people are just in the <laughs> McDonald's parking lot hanging out. And I'm like, all right, y'all, whatever. I just, I just don't want to be on the road. So it passes us finally and pops like three more tornado warnings in the next counties as we head west towards St. Joe. So that was my uh, that was my afternoon adventure after br- driving all pretty stuff on Saturday. It was uh, it was Midwest Adventures, you know, of the year tornado season. There you go, folks. That's <laughs> what I did. This that, week. I mean, that's awesome. And you know, I mean, you played out that TikTok meme perfectly. Thanks for that. Welcome <laughs> for those for those listenings that 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 could get that. Uh, drop I didn't you know relate to what I just said thank you that's what I did as a hype train as a native midwesterner that hasn't lived there for what 12 13 years uh I miss tornadoes and yeah and traveling all over the world you can tell someone's from the midwest when they're not scared of tornadoes because the rest of the world is absolutely mortified by them mortified 
absolutely never mortified. seen Twister? I watched that as a kid. I'm still traumatized it's by nothing it. Nothing like that. It's nothing like that. And I was more it's concerned about everything just like that. You can't tell me anything different. <laughs> now it's I I, wanna, usually no, dude. everybody posts up in the basement. You pop some popcorn, and then you like you sit on your porch. And, and you just like kind of wait and look. And then if it looks too sporty, you run back down to the basement and it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. That's what people would do like, at Walmart, man. Sounds like. <laughs> you gotta realize. I walk like into this Walmart. Gopher or a, or a field hall or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pop it up. yeah so kinda. it's. It's a It's like whackable. I'm in the middle of Missouri, right? And this is the thing. You walk into the Walmart and the gal's standing outside as the sirens are going off. No big deal, right? This is a tornado. We have confirmed touchdowns and. and consistently across the entire state. Yeah. And the gal's like, just so you know, oh. uh, the registers are closed. We had to close the registers. And you've got like 20 people standing at the registers. You've got some people in the back in the quote-unquote tornado area. I got an old lady sitting on a bench just kind of griping about the fact that she has to wait for this to pass so she can go buy groceries. It's just... <laughs> You know, and you got five or six people just standing outside <laughs> watching it. Like I said, you got people in the McDonald's. I love it. It's just nobody's phased, man. Nobody I love was. It. And and my concern was just I don't want to be driving this car. I know it's not safe because these windshield wipers are garbo. N- Nissan, fix your windshield wipers. Uh, I got to do like a windshield wiper test on all these cars now because the Chevy Malibu had the same issue where it's like you can't handle Midwest storms. These are worthless to me. <laughs> and we we haven't even hit snow yet, dude. Like rain's one thing, but like. <laughs> so I, I gotta do windshield wiper tests. That's that's new thing. Anyways, I, I digress. That's tornadoes are fun, folks. Don't don't storm chase unless you know what you're doing. That's oral story. Yeah, yeah. I in high school a tornado came through and absolutely creamed my neighborhood. Like half the neighborhood wasn't there anymore. Our house didn't get hit, but we lost a trampoline and a basketball goal. Um, yeah, it's it's just Dang. a thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I miss him. I never see him anymore. Anyway. Uh, you go down south, that's the new Tornado Alley in Alabama and Georgia and stuff for the new Tornado Alley. But yeah, this is not a podcast about weather conditions in the Midwest, and uh, it's about car stuff. Uh, so let's talk about one of the coolest clubs that also drove fast on highways, but I think uh, not in stormy conditions necessarily. And this is a story time mostly going to be led by Mr. Lenny himself. And I kind of kind of compliment you on that segue. This week's segue was much better. It was smooth. Is it? Like oh, thank you. All right. I'm trying. <laughs> it's very much yeah, like that. It's a work in progress. So Lenny, you've got uh, you've got story time ahead of us. I uh let's do it. Talk to us. Uh yeah. I guess uh you guys and our listeners by now know that I'm kind of definitely a Japanophile. Of all things, Japan, a fanboy. Yeah, I'm weeb. a fanboy. We, I don't know, I don't know what a weeb is yet, so I don't know. I'm not going to categorize myself as that. What? If someone <laughs> could, if you want to educate me, we could do that sometime other than this particular moment. I think a right. weeb is a derogatory term for a person that likes Japanese culture. Weeb is oh. a decisive term for non-Japanese person who's obsessed with I Japanese culture. They wish they okay. were actually Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't wish I'm. I was Japanese, so that's kind of weird. Well, typically, yeah. typically weebism involves. I, I, wearing, I, I am. Am I? It, I don't know. No, typically weebism involves like wearing raccoon tails and doing Naruto runs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, have I done yeah. that? <laughs> no, I don't think you're that. I don't think you're that cool, any. But you are cool uh, enough to this, tell the this story. Not, so this is not. This is not a podcast about me and my Japanophilism. Japanophilia. 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 Um, I'll look at Peter on that. But we do much. know. You know, everybody knows that I lo- I love Japan car culture and talking about it and doing deep dives on it. So and so, uh, I decided there is. I decided that after watching some YouTube videos and some pretty popular YouTube videos on the Midnight Club uh, and, you know, sort of that era of Japanese car tuning and street racing, uh, and uh, I decided we should do an episode on it because there are are some misinformation being put out there and it needs to be straightened out. I think we need to straighten it out. We're the ones to do it. We're going to set the universe straight. Um, So... Well, we should talk about it. Set us straight to begin with, Lenny. What is the Midnight Club? In a club. Um, so the Midnight Club is basically just a a running crew from the '80s and '90s in Japan that like to run a specific highway system, uh, known popularly known as the Wangan. Um, in technical terms, if you're going to look it up on a highway, it's the Bayshore route. Ah, uh, it runs. From uh, the Yokohama Bay through Haneda Airport towards Tokyo Bay, uh, ending over in uh, Odaiba, big site, Tokyo Bay site area. It's a big popular uh, tourist area where there's actually a, a life size Gundam. Whoa, okay, I've seen that. There is. The yeah. famous Gundam is in Odaiba, one of my favorite boroughs of Tokyo. Uh, so that's the route. Uh, they were they were a highway running crew, uh, but if we're going to talk about them, we should probably back it up before the eighties and nineties to about the seventies. Now, uh, the seventies, uh, and I just recently found this out uh, doing this deep dive. Um, it's really where the concept of midnight and their maximum velocity sort of philosophy was born. Back in the 70s, uh, there was another popular expressway sort of racing scene. It was Tome. John, you'll know this. We've run this highway. I guess we've not run, but we've driven this highway at normal pace, uh, kind of leisurely because it's usually <laughs> packed now. Uh, the Tome Expressway from, uh, from Ebina service area to the Tokyo Toll booth. They used uh, to was the. Si- was the 70s street racing high speed, like top speed running. Yeah. Really? Yep. So, y- y'all, nowadays, that same Tomei Expressway is essentially a parking lot. Uh, it is constantly congested. The commuter thoroughfare. Yeah. It is constantly backed up. In the 70s, it was fresh pavement. It was freshly built. It was, I mean, the expressway itself is relatively straight. It doesn't really have too much of a a curve to it any any given point or nothing like a high degree curve yeah so like you could reach 300 kilometers an hour i mean like so that's in freedom meters people you know, we're talking 190 200 miles an hour so they were doing that was like their route 66 back in the 70s before yeah, you could say yeah Wild because lo- looking at this on a map, almost all of these highways have squiggles on them comparative to the stuff that I'm used to. Just saying. What so, do you mean? Uh, again, I'm from the Midwest, dude. It's just straight lines, man. 
so like you can take highway stuff here at at a hundred and it doesn't even doesn't matter because there's barely any kinks at all so like looking at this highway you're talking about from a sky it does have Tome, a t-o-m-e-i shintome expressway shintome expressway yeah yeah so looking at that i mean it's got some pretty decent kinks to it but i can see a good i mean there's a lot of solid circuits you can basically make out of these highways yeah but from oh yeah so from there's the circuit aspect to it yeah but from yeah. ebina to the tokyo uh old booth which it's, is the entrance of the tokyo metropolitan area it's just sweet it's relatively straight yeah, yeah it's and it's yeah. very nice banked sweepers if anything cool so like in the 70s they were you know running this at like 280 300 kilometers an hour so you know anywhere from 180 to 200 miles an hour uh, and it stretched to 24, 25 kilometers. What is that in miles? Yeah, I'm like do the quick math. 15 miles, roughly. All right, so like a 50-mile stretch of road was their drag strip, their high-speed maximum velocity drag strip. And from there, um, this dude, Yoshida, he was part of this uh, car club, this running club back in the 70s called the American Car Club. Uh, and... I didn't know this, but it kind of it kind of makes sense now that I connect the dots with everything that I've seen and experienced in Japan, where their American muscle sort of fascination and obsession comes from, from these maybe from the street this like sort of street racing thing, and they've kind of adopted that from the American muscle street racing scene, you know. So the golden areas, right? So were they doing anything with American cars, or did they just call themselves the American Club because they liked like American hot rod culture? Oh no, they they were running Pontiac Trans Ams, uh, Novas, Cudas at like these high speed races. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Oh, well, it's yeah. funny how the how the times have turned. How now we're all obsessed with Japanese cars. They were obsessed with the American car back in the day. Yeah, and they still are, right? Well, I um, mean, for relatively straight high speed runs, man, in the seventies, America was the jam. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot, a they, lot of so cars like that could handle 70s, better. But... Are you John? Oh, I was just saying, there are a lot of cars that could handle better in American cars. But like, as far as engines, I mean, most of the winning race cars from that period were European chassis with American engines. So. You know, you're talking Makes highway, sense. highway drag racing and stuff. Man, America's the jam in in that p- time period for sure. Yeah, I mean, just to cap off the '70s sort of origin story, if you will, um, some of these other participants um, in the '70s was Ari Yamamiya, which John will know is um, pretty famous. Probably the most famous Japanese RX-7 rotary tuner. Um, he was running his, no doubt, FBs, FCs at the time, um, in the early stages of his career, which would be, we all know, legendary. Still is legendary. He's still doing his thing. Um, so, this dude, Yoshida-san, he was... No one really knows. I don't even I don't know where he came from before this. I didn't really do that much of a dive into him. It's not really about him. It's about his club, right? But he started sort of uh, he started at the American Car Club um, running, I think, Trans Am at the time, Pontiac Trans Am Blue. Um, however, in the early to mid-80s, 
these Tomei Express street races got a little bit um, hot. There was a few incidents where there was uh, accidents and casualties and fatalities. And so cops, you know, decided to kind of put a crackdown on it, as they do. You know, and that's, a, that's unfortunate. And, and you know, uh, we have to stay here that, you know, street racing is bad. Uh, I would be a hypocrite to not mention that I've done my fair share of running on the street. And so... Um, I, at the most I would, I could say is be careful. Um, I would never, you should do, I would never exceed legal highway speeds, especially on a legendary route like the Wangan. I've never done that and would never do that. That's irresponsible. I have never gone to 70 K <laughs> on the Wangan. That's never happened. Never. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah it's totally well you know what's (laughs) funny though as long as you weren't looking at your phone that's really dangerous absolutely not number one reason for car accidents people look (laughs) never phones speeding is two and then drinking is three i you know (sighs) i will say i'm not necessarily the most i mean i'm pretty responsible i'm not the most responsible guy when it comes to that but when i am in the gtr my phone mount is down by my hip I just plug it into Android Auto, get the music and the nav up, and I don't even, I don't look at it. I, I do not have a phone mount in the GTR. The phone goes in the center console. I mean, that's that's where my mount. Driving. I just have a magnetic mount on the side of the center console, so I'm not even tempted to, like, ah. grab for it. No. Like I, it does not even in view of me. Anyway... So they're killing anyway, people. The cops are coming after them. Then what? Yeah. So like this is like eighty two, right? So like around eighty two, uh, for whatever reason, Yoshida gets something wild up his up his bum, and decides to kind of stray away from this American muscle sort of club that he's at, and grabs a nine thirty, a Porsche nine thirty turbo. Ooh. So goes just just hops hops the pond, grabs a turbo car. German efficiency. And around the same time, there's a new highway that pops up that we now know is called the Wangan. The Bayshore route starts from Yokohama Bay to Tokyo. And at at the beginning, I found out after I did some research into some ends and how it it was announced and, and unveiled or whatever... It was just parts of it, right? So it was just a little part that started off. Uh, then the rest of it was side. But as soon as it was the whole expressway, Oshida and his Porsche, that at this point had already um, been modified quite a bit, started. they started, started running there. He was one of the first ones to run there and develop his car further from there. Um, him in this wide-body S30 Fairlady Z. And the Bayshore route is is gangster for those of you that never been yeah. there. Like it's a, looks amazing. Yeah, it's a highway that runs right along the coast from Yokohama. All it's on the coast the entire way up around the Tokyo Bay to Tokyo, and it's like, you know, it's got some like nice kind of sweepy corners, but it's nothing that startles you. And it's got some bridges that go over the water, and it's it's pretty fantastic. Um, I have a tunnel as well. It has a few. It's got a few tunnels. Yeah, it's got yeah. a few. It just makes your car sound cool, right, guys? It sure does. 
Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't know that because I never dropped a gear and sped on the Wangan. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Never hit the rev limiter in fifth gear in the, on the Wangan. Never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm just saying, if I float this Altima right now, it's it's in it's it shifts at six thousand RPM. So I don't believe either of you whatsoever. What does your ultimate you? shifting have to do with whether we sped or not? Well, because I'm just saying, if you got to get up to the speed limit uh, to merge onto highways, and then you're just you, maybe or maybe not speeding. Talked about this before with speed limits. We just don't know. All right, so we leave the Tomei Expressway. We go to the Wangan. Are they like? Are they just going out there and running it for themselves? Are they sending invites or challenging people? Like, what's the culture here? Are we are we just like so at, at first, like it's, it's kind of interesting, and I kind of could call back to our own experience. I don't know if you were still in Japan at the time, uh, John, but do you remember the Keno Expressway? Were you still in Japan when they unveiled that? It was it went right by um, En's old place. I think they finished construction on it right after I left. Oh. Well, they finished it right after you left, and it was a very... It was new, newly paved, and it was relatively banked curves. Like, you could sustain a good... Ooh. Not that I've ever tested this, but I've heard from <laughs> other people, like, around 220 kilometers an hour sustained through some banking turns. Um if your suspension was set up pretty nicely and there was no speed cameras on it and so while i was doing the deep dive on what really was midnight or, or where they are now um and i guess we'll get to that i kind of foreshadowed there a little too, too much um when the wangan was first built no one really considered it for racing and there was not really much attention drawn to it right and so he kind of started just kind of doing it for himself just to to run other than the from the tome because that was hot right a block was hot so you got to go somewhere else uh then he you know he invited other members of club midnight that he had started uh back in 82 so the initial members were uh takahashi son with with his uh silver uh 911 okay. there was also another member with a wide body, Fair Lady Z and S30, which was depicted as the Devil Z in manga and anime that is Wangan Midnight. And I guess, man, uh, Ryan, do you know about Wangan Midnight? Have you heard about it? You know, oh, the I anime no and, and the the manga. On it? So, so I mean, yeah, initially yeah, it was the could... most recent I did. So it's basically. Wangan Midnight, so the Midnight Club and all the racing going on on the Wangan, which is this t- Yokohama Bayshore route, it would become right. Is it's it's infamous. It's part of Japanese like car culture and stuff, just like rum running and NASCAR and hot rodders are in American culture. And you know, it, so they made a an anime and then they made a movie um, about you know the hijinks that these Wangan racers got into <laughs> and like the main character. Wow so to speak, is the Devil Z, which was this Datsun, was it a 240 or 280? Yeah, it was a 280. Okay, Datsun 280 Yeah, I think it was a 280. That yeah. a dude, like, souped up and made super fast, and it had a reputation as being, like, you know, 
ha- killing, like being a dangerous car to drive. Not unlike the Eleanor myth and from Gone in sixty Seconds, kind of like the Japanese version okay. of that. Okay. Okay. So the 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 anime and the story of Wong on Midnight, like it's not particularly about like rival groups or crews against each other. It's more a story and de- like the characters depicted within it uh, are members, all members of Midnight Club. Yeah, actually. Cool. Well, and I think the central so the central the, struggle yeah. of the anime. Was, to always go faster, but it was it was the rivalry between the quote Devil Z and this nine eleven turbo, which I believe Yoshida's car was the inspiration right. for that. Yeah, so the nine thirty that we were talking about um, was the inspiration. It's funny because look, I'm looking at this cover and it looks like I can't honestly I couldn't tell the difference between this and Initial D. They look almost exactly the same, but well, it's the same kind of thing where there's there's this auto culture that goes on in Japan. Then bam, there's an anime about it. I think, and I I guess the Initial D and Wangan Midnight sort of had the same anime style ish. Ninety two to two thousand eight, so nineties anime yeah. in Japan. Yeah, yeah. The difference it's like um it's like rum running in NASCAR to hot rodding and drag racers, right? Initial D's covering toge and Wangan Midnight's covering high-speed highway racing. It's just different disciplines. Different disciplines and different car types, basically, because of that. Right, because you mod the car to the drive, right? So, like, in the anime, and so is in real life, there was Porsche 911s, there was RX-7s, FDs, FCs, Supras, uh, the Mark III and the Mark IV, uh, which you know everybody likes, the really curv- curvaceous one. Um, one in particular that I thought was interesting is this pink R33 GTR, uh, and I think I sent you guys the link to it. Uh, if you guys look on it, uh, it's like about three quarters down the way there. It's a pink R33 GTR. It's got. Uh, something called a TKB, T oh sorry TBK body kit, which is uh, Takahashi's famous body kit uh, that he has on all his Porsches that everybody looks after now. Uh, it's really sought after if you're a Porsche enthusiast of the high speed variety. So um, this thing is is pretty interesting in terms of Japanese tuning beats behemoths. Right, you would never think pink. Hold on, before we get into the weeds here, let's get back in the club. Um, and ah, like, okay, so we go to the Bayshore route. We get like crew together, but like, why do we care? What happened that made this? You know, because me and my friends had routes that we ran, and no one knows who we are. So like, yeah, are these guys so cool? I don't know. If you're a car enthusiast and you're into modifying your car relentlessly in the search of speed, I guess how would you not think it's cool? These guys embody zero lift, do they not? These guys were all about maximum velocity speed. Well, I'm just uh, saying, like, what did they, were there any, like, uh, especially noteworthy events or do they have, like, rivalries with other clubs or, like, Oh well, so yeah, like I, I, I guess I was gonna get back into it after I talked about this R33 in particular. Sorry, I just had it up on the screen there. 
<laughs> and so I got, I just, it just caught my eye. Um, yeah, so these guys, they started rolling on the Wangan. Uh, and at first it was just in pursuit of their own, own top speed. But, you know, as anything, it gets kind of boring racing against yourself and your friends, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. So, like, after that, they started um, inviting other running crews and sort of racing crews or car clubs, if you will, um, like Ari Amamiya. And so, like, he comes back into the fold, and he was one of the, the top uh, running crews as well back then. And so um, other clubs were also, like, members of... MCR, do you know that shop, John? Yeah, it's a famous GTR shop. But yep. their members were also not necessarily not necessarily part of Midnight, but um, around that same time they were running pretty so heavily I, on the Wangan. I actually did some kart racing with the. Um, I don't know if he's the guy that like founded it, but he was like the dude in charge of MCR when <clears> I lived <throat> in Japan in like the like 2015 time frame because. Um, all of my actual Japanese friends were, they were all about MCR. They're like, that's, this is the GTR shop to go to nowadays. Um, so I, I actually had some run-ins with some MCR cars and, and that dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I liked them because uh, they were, you know, a lot of, a lot of Japanese car shops are kind of still doing stuff from the nineties. And uh, MCR was one of the first shops to really be like, Hey, there's some really great new electronics technology and like engine management computers and stuff that are much better and turbos that are better than what we were using 20 years ago. We should try and use those. Um, and yeah, they were one of the shops that wasn't afraid to kind of innovate and try something new. Nice oh. little tangent on MCR. Hmm. My, my thing is, so you get the midnight club here. It's you got a bunch of guys that want to go fast on a particular stretch of highway you race other people because obviously much like us racing each other in the sim, Lenny, you're the fastest. John's kind of decent. I'm okay as well. <laughs> so like, obviously eventually we're going to branch out, right? Because we're going to get bored racing each other. Cause it kind of shakes out the way it is. Besides racing other people, a little bit that I read, I found really interesting. It's the vetting process, right? It's kind of like the military where it's like, it's super easy to get in, but like once you're in, it's like, they're going to vet the shit out of you, right? They're going to really to stay in. It's a very difficult process. So did you kind of research anything on that yourself? Yeah, I, I did. And, uh, initially they weren't too stringent on their, their member groups. Um, and so initially like, and so what I would assume is like the eight, the 80s, maybe early 90s, um, they just kind of let anybody in that, that had a pretty fast car, and the vetting process wasn't too strict. But, you know, no. that kind of leads to bad people in the mixture, right? And, and so as they grew into dominance on the Wangan, because no one would beat them, like no one could beat them, uh, mm -hmm. whatever car th that they had in their club, in their stable of cars, as you will, uh, they couldn't be couldn't be beat on the Wangan, and and as so it, the, it goes, and to say to be beat, um, I kind of don't have any experience in this whatsoever. Uh, there's not really any sort of distance that you go to, so it's not like a zero to four hundred meter uh, one mile 
standing mile kind of race or a zero to 150 mile uh, sort of speed as you might see on 1320 videos on YouTube or whatever. Uh, it was more of a whoever let off the gas first or if the car in front was so far ahead that you couldn't see its taillights anymore is when you knew you were beat. Eight. Kind of ways the way they raced. Huh. That's kind of that's kind of awesome to me to kind of think about. Like, damn, that's it's whoever has the balls or whoever does it, like whoever's balls run out first, right? To let off the accelerator, or you're uh, so far ahead that you can't that your taillights can't be seen. That's crazy. I mean, that's legit. So between that process and then, yes, like most cool clubs, the anonymity and like us not knowing who the members are. I guess it's the other appeal that it sounds like a lot of people were drawn to. Oh, that's that... actually a myth. I mean, can we? Yeah. Ooh, I guess we could we could bust some myths here too. Yeah, let's bust so, some myths. Like, sure, yeah, help, help sure. me know about this anonymity because I also really found interesting before we bust those myths how they actually set up these meets. Apparently, they met in a parking lot on a regular basis, and I alluded to this with what we're talking about. I used to put newspaper ads out. Uh, in a way that like only secret only members would know the secret of like meet at this spot, uh, which I thought was pretty dang cool. But yeah, bust some myths. What so what's the anonymity is not a thing? Um, yeah, it's the anonymity is not a thing. The meeting, uh, I, I, the meeting in parking lots is a thing for sure, uh, because that that's a thing in, in Japanese car culture, just generally speaking. Uh, but the putting ads in newspapers with secret coded messages. Uh, also a myth. They, they were a pretty regular car club. They were very well publicized in Option Magazine and on videos. They had interviews. Uh, like most of their members had legitimate businesses as you know shop owners, and so um, I think that kind of so so there is some truth to the myth. Like they were business owners and they did have money. Um, but in terms of like anonymity, I don't think like their names were were published. So businesses were established. Was it kind of like a thing where they just started? Do you, do you feel like the the culture of you know like the you know the Daikoku meets the Tatsumi meets, which is you know infamous parking lots in Japan where people meet and do car stuff. Do you think like they started kind of doing it and then the culture kind of popped up around them because it was like it kind of became like a who's who in the car world? Like, well, you're going to go here. Um, yeah. So, like, think think of it as. Yeah. And I think that's. a Yeah, that's a, a yes. Plainly, yes. And it popped up around them and in such like uh, maybe as a protective mechanism or maybe they use it as such um, in the way of. Hey, here's a group of 200 car dudes meeting. And maybe in that group of 200 car dudes, there's 50 real runners, right? I guess we saw that um, in Daikoku and Tatsumi, right, John? I guess you could, you could say that that's still kind of um, said to be a reality of, you know, uh, the real dudes. And, you know, once you see those dudes go out, you know, they're out to run. They'll be back in nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're at Tatsumi, right? Well, so it sounds like they didn't quite have as much notoriety or like a uh, a targeted purpose as like 
other legendary groups, for instance, you know, not to get too down the rabbit hole, but like the Kanjozoku in uh, Osaka, who were famous for just right. going out on the Kanjo highway and trying to get in basically car fights with the police, right? Like that's Ow. they would go out, seek police, try and get cop attention, and then run. Um, it sounds like they weren't really, uh, they didn't have like a targeted purpose. It sounds like they were just out there to just to just run yeah. kind of for the love of it. Most of them were like customer cars of really well-known tuner shops, kind of like what the R9 club was uh, when we were around that scene, John. Yeah, yeah. Over at Tatsumi. Yep. And so like, yeah, very, very much sort of descendants of the, that group is very much a descendant of, of Minai club, I would say, but not the same because Minai club is still around. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to the vetting process uh, that you mentioned, Brian, uh, there was there. Uh, so at first, it just let sort of willy nilly. Not I wouldn't say willy nilly, but willy nilly anybody with a pretty fast car into the club. Um, sure. But eventually, they realized that that let out some bad eggs, let into bad eggs, and so they re- kind of revamped it, and so it turned into sort of two step process, and so. Yeah, so 96, I think it was, they put out an ad. Sorry. In 96, they they put out an ad for new applicants. And they got an abundance of it, right? And so from those applicants, they kind of started weeding them out to, okay, do you have a fast enough car? Can your car maintain speeds of, you know, just an average speed of 160 miles an hour? at rest uh, then topping out at you know 190 200 or plus was one of their requirements uh at race level you know and that's pretty I, I don't know about you guys but like i don't know of any normal car that could at rest you know just rest at like 160 and be okay for a long period of time and a long period of time is like what what it takes for a 50 mile 20 mile sort of drag yeah. strip it's pretty nuts and so i mean reading it saying that too as well so you've got the 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 lack of anonymity but especially because you have these midnight club stickers and right when i what i'm reading what's i find interesting because it's a japanese club versus say an american club is that they really have more like a sumo stable like a semi a senpai and correct me on the pronunciation here the kohai senior and Mm -hmm. junior relationship Yep. Where um, basically the senior members have the code, the silver basically midnight club sticker versus a pink one. Um, but it's just a matter of like being apprenticed and having that sort of system, which from other clubs that I've been in, even here in America, is kind of like the best way to really vet people is is to build a relationship with people through having a senior member you can go to and get advice from and things like that, which I think is pretty awesome. So it just right, sounds yeah, like a very solid, well-built club. Why with that? Yep. And, and so, yeah, exactly. The apprentices and the apprentice level, the apprentice time I think was a year and you had to go to all or at least most of the meetings. Um, and, and maybe in that re- regard, you know, the meetings were sort of secret. I'm not quite sure, and so there might be some truth to that myth as well. Um, but frankly, I, I've never seen it like some dude rocking a pink Midnight Club sticker. I, I've seen maybe one or two. I've seen that uh, 
white. I think it's a Cayman. It might be a 911. I sent to mm. you guys in the chat. I've seen that one in person. That's a pretty sweet car. Um, so yeah. So what happened to them? Are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. Uh, not really. Like so, the myth as the myth as it goes, myth goes. There was an incident with a bozo, bozozoku biker gang uh, on the Wangan one night, and it led into some side streets. <laughs> and there was an incident, and the two bozozoku bikers were killed, and six pedestrians were injured. What? Then midnight decided to just Wild. disband overnight. That's as and, and so or, or as so the story goes. Okay, is it true or is it a myth? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but it's a good myth. What I do know at midnight did not disband. So there might there might have been an incident like that, and maybe they just kind of decided not to uh, put themselves out there as much anymore. Uh, but they're still around. Yeah. I mean, now they're more... Um, some of the original members are a little older. Um, not The founding members are no longer in it, like Yoshida-san. Uh, whew, man, he's kind of had a fall from grace. So, like, this dude, Yoshida, him and his 911, uh, him and his 930 Turbo... Which was a one-off. Like, if you look at some of the links that I showed you guys, like the spec sheet is pretty spectacular. Uh, from the time, like his nine his nine thirty special, Yoshi, the Yoshida special, Porsche uh, had like extensive work done by the Stugart factory, like directly. Like it's been sh it was shipped to Germany a few times. Wow, he had a direct relationship with Porsche. Um, but like he built a relationship with them and and such a business, um, and so there was a midnight work, midnight works sort of shop. Um, he kind of, uh, I guess, how can I say, overstated his network, and he promised some rich dudes a LaFerrari and a nine, a Porsche nine eighteen Spider. Um, oh, he couldn't get, and so he took a deposit in full for all that money, uh, then couldn't procure it after a few years, and so he was charged with fraud <laughs> uh, in 2019. <laughs> wow. And he's in jail now, I think. Okay. Fortunately, the last that was seen or heard from his, uh, the Yoshida Special 930 was, it was in the back of a showroom. That he previous that he had previously owned that I guess maybe the Japanese government had took seizure on, so whether or not the Japanese government still is in possession of it or whether it's been auctioned off, uh, I'm still trying to figure out. Unfortunately, um, so that's the the history on Yoshida Sun. Other members, wow. there's still there's still some original members in the club that are still active, more sort of legal track. Uh, driven now, I guess you could say, in their older years, you know, as one would do. I've, as you gain more money, you go toward le more legal means, I guess. Uh, Makes they've been sense. seen. They've been seen over at Scuba, uh, racing their new Porsches. And if you guys, Wait, Fuji I, as I, well, then maybe Fuji. 
So, uh, but I sent you guys a video. Uh, this dude, Steve POV, he seems to have um, had a one-on-one -on -one interview with, I guess, the now chairman of the nightclub. Uh, and they talk about it, and they show all the cars, and now it's 35s, and there's still a few older Porsches there, more Mercedes. But yeah, they're still active. So, yeah. We'll run it. I mean, Japanese street racing uh, is a bit of a shadow of its former self, but I will say it's not something that's, like, taken over the streets and you can see it anytime, but from my time in Japan... If you go on the Wangan or the C1 loop around Tokyo on a Friday or Saturday night, you can, I don't know if it's necessarily a club rivalry, like actual racing, but there are definitely guys that go and run it. Um, I've seen some cool. of these cars that, you know, might belong to some of these guys. You can usually tell because if it's got some like <clears throat> actual racetrack Flair. modifications, like, like quick disconnect, no leap no leak brake lines and, and stuff like that, where it's like, uh, you know, you get lots of kids that go out to the parking lots in their cars, but then occasionally it'll be like a R34 or a new Porsche turbo that has some actual motorsport parts on it. And that guy usually has a jacket with a funky sticker on it. And it's like, ah, <laughs> ah. that's the guy. Yeah. 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 You Which... do some stuff. <laughs> By the way, I looked this up real quick. So a lot of these guys ran, 911s and GTRs. Obviously, you guys are fanboys of GTRs, but allegedly, top speed record on the Wangan is actually held by an A80 Supra, reaching top speeds of 380 kilometers or 230 freedom units. Is the uh, alleged yep. top speed is the A80 Supra, which I find hilarious. Yep. Oh, and sp and speaking of of things and records uh, and th other things of note, I have to say that. Um, <clears throat> One of the members of Midnight Club is now the Nis Nissan Nissan Chief huh. Product Specialist like, for the like the R thirty five GTR. <laughs> no Nissan. Oh, sorry. okay. Well, there <laughs> I is was making a joke. There's a Nissan. Australian joke. No so there's, Nissan. There's a motorcycle. Uh, Nissan. There's a Nissan, motorcycle. The Nissan Chief company. Product uh, Specialist uh, Hiroshi Takamura. <laughs> um, he is actually a former member of uh, Club Midnight. He has an R32. Super cool. Uh, he, used to, he used to be pumping out 800 horsepower or somewhere thereabouts, but he's detuned it down to 550 horsepower, which he says he did so because it's the perfect balance um, of power for the car. And yeah, which goes back to what me and John had stated is also we agree as the perfect around the perfect balance of the car. I'd say five fifty six of the wheels. I'm a legend. Yeah, five fifty six yeah. of the wheels, about all you want, but that's another topic. Yeah, oh. that's uh, that's Club Midnight. They're they're not disbanded. They're still around. They're uh, they might be a little smaller. They don't popularize themselves. They're but they're still running. They're still out there. Dig it. So let's. Uh... Let's move on and talk about some of these cars that they raced and how we would either scrap daily or race one of these. And let's talk about racing it around the bay. Because I'm looking at this, this Bay Shore route, this one gone looks amazing. So what, are we, uh, what are we scrapping of these cars? We're going to race once and we're just done with it. And which one are we going to keep in our garage that we're going to keep taking out on a regular basis? Lenny, you wanted to do it in the style of Midnight Club. So what three cars are we going to be talking about? So, you know, I thought about it, and 
it would be a little bit too cliche or too on the nose for us to do one of the midnight club cars as a scrap race uh daily, daily kind okay. of thing so i decided to pick three other cars that i think would be a good substitute for them and they're a little bit exotic so let's go for it um okay okay lamborghini murcielago sv oh okay Ooh, mercy one of my favorites. McLaren Mercedes SLR and the Porsche Carrera GT. Okay, I got it. I mean, I think I think I these three, three cars around either the C1 or down the Wangan, John, as you would know, uh, we've seen a few. Uh, yep. They're they're right at home with it, right? Yeah, right at home. Right at home. Um, but I know what I would do. Okay, while you guys actually know what you're going to do, I'm going to go ahead and have to Google all three of these cars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, look. First of all, up front, I'm going to scrap, or I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to scrap the Mercedes McLaren SLK because that is one of the most. SLR, the S not the SLK. S sorry, SLR. SLR, excuse me, SLR. That is one of the most butt ugly cars <laughs> I have it's ever seen. It's fucking ugly. It is in my language, but that is it's disgusting. It is hideous. And Agreed. I feel like <laughs> when they built that car, they were just trying to jock ride on the McLaren F1. I think it's got the same engine, if I'm not mistaken. Um it does. And it's it to me it's just a cheap imitation. And <laughs> fair. So, so that one's out. Now, between the two real cars that we got here. Um <laughs> I'm gonna have to race the Lambo. That's one of my favorite Lamborghinis. I love the way it looks. I love the way it sounds. But it's a Lamborghini, and I know I can't trust it. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to... Because it's Italian. Yeah. So I'm going to take that for one spirited drive and then say goodbye. And the Carrera GT, uh, because, I mean, one, it's one of the coolest cars ever. Um, and... For uh, I, I I think it's fair to call it a hypercar. Would you say it's fair to call it a hypercar? It's like they classify as a hypercar. I mean, it was a hypercar. I think it's it, one of the first. I think it's uh, uh, you could classify as one of the first hypercars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it in classic Porsche fashion, it's um, it's livable. It's usable for what it is. Um, and I just there feel you. like I could rely on it more than I could a Lambo. So, uh, yeah, those are my picks. There we go. Well, most people. Most people say that the Carrera GT is like n n very notable to be a very un uncontrollable car, but I would say it's a very uncontrollable car when you have the wrong tires on it. You know, uh, that's, well, that's Lenny, Lenny their... do you want to go next or do you yeah. want me to go next here now that I've Googled all three of these? Oh, please go ahead. All right, we'll let you close it out then. So I'm going to go ahead and scrap this Mercedes Benz <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> Carbo. I don't know. This Disney is like World. <laughs> the Disney World. Like I'm looking at a picture of this, like, and it sucks because Sterling Moss is associated with this next to this picture. But it's like looks like remember the like the 1990s Batman, uh, mobile with uh, yes. like, the one that has Arnold in it, and we all got the BK cups back. It looks like that. It's just goofy, and it's like it looks like something out of Disney World. I don't like it. It's gross. I also have a beef with Mercedes because they is, is they hold on, hold on. I, I just want to. It's that the Val Kilmer Batmobile that you're talking about. 
Oh, well, maybe. Oh, it's the other guy. Uh, George Clooney? At Clooney. I think it was Clooney era. Oh, okay, was, okay, was okay. that McDonald's? You know what we're talking We've dated ourselves. Regardless, this car looks like trash, and I have beef with Mercedes <laughs> because they have Clooney as Hamilton. I love oh, it. Goodbye, Mercedes-Benz, SLR, McLaren. Also, you said McLaren. I was like, oh, yeah. And then you said Mercedes, and I immediately was like, oh. <laughs> like, so uh, oh, this is the hard choice because, like, Lamborghini Murcielago is like, mercy, dude. The Kanye song instantly came in my head. I was like, oh, let's go, right? Fun Flip fact, John. that's a Gallardo in the music video. Keep going. I know it is. I know, but it's still a sick yeah. song. It's still a sick song. Like mercy. this is. I might have seen mercy me. This was the car like in high school that I just drooled about constantly. It was the Diablo for a while, but then this came out, and it's just like better version of it. I'm gonna agree with John. It's an Italian car. I can't trust it. I'm gonna race it. <laughs> I'm gonna race the pants off of it and just completely obliterate it, and then it's gone. Okay. Wow. Because I'm looking at this Carrera GT. The top view on this thing, that mid-engine and the two windows to look down at that, plus I can take the top off and take it convertible when it's nice out occasionally in the Midwest. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and daily this Carrera GT hundo. And, and, you go. and there's my pick. the exhaust shoots out of the top. You can roast marshmallows on it, man. Perfect. So when it's cold <laughs> out, I can roast marshmallows out of, uh, with my uh, Carrera GT. It and one of the first hypercars to do so. It top, comes in. I really like exhaust. the silver. Uh, it's a... Uh, of reading here on wiki real quick it is number eight on the top sports cars of all time so you know all time believable oh you know what though i'm wrong the exhaust is not shoot out of the top on the gt that's the uh well, that's... 918 it's okay womp womp anyway oh man so uh yeah the carrera rs though i will uh oof, that comes in green anyways i digress lenny go ahead uh, well, this is very anticlimactic because uh, <laughs> I totally agree with both of you to the to all choices. Absolutely, get rid of the bogus McLaren Mercedes SLR. <laughs> uh, okay, so so there, like to be fair, to be fair to this car though, because it, like it is a, a pretty fast yeah. car. It's very I'm, fast. I don't care. It looks it's ugly. Just not very. It's just it's just ugly. Uh, unfortunately, they missed it on the styling design there. <laughs> so ugly, I closed the tab. I had to reopen it just to look how ugly it is again. Um, it does have an interesting um, hood mechanism, like engine bay mecha- mechanism. It, it goes forward like uh, the Sterling Moss cars of, of yesteryear. Uh, and a few homages to the modern ones. I think they did Mercedes them. Uh, but anyway, the... Murcielago SV, it's probably one of my most loved cars next to, in Lamborghini terms, next to the Diablo GTR. Oh, yep. uh, mm-hmm. 101. Uh, 101. Orange, please. Uh, it would have to be yellow, like just the yellow. I want the orange GTR. Yeah, you got it. <sighs> yes, I would absolutely just we'll race go for the beyond green. Just for the once. Not only because it's an Italian car, I don't know if it's going to catch on fire. Uh, immediately after the first flying lap, but um, more so because the Carrera GT is just a car I could never get away from. Beautiful. Such a good car, just beautiful. It is. It, it the engine is amazing. It's V10. It's probably Porsche's best built engine ever, and it just sounds so good. So good. Right? I would never get. Well, I would so never get tired of it. I, I because we just we went over, so livery wise. 
we've got uh, for the Lambo. We've got John's going to be in an orange Lambo. Any year in a yellow, and I'm going to go with a yep. neon green. Well, what well, about? I'm talking the Diablo GTR when I say orange. But anyway, okay, proceed. Uh, my Murcielago SV would also be yellow, so it's all good. John, what color is your Mercy? Uh, white. White. Okay, hmm. I'm 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 going to go with the neon green. So what about for the? Uh, what colors are we doing with our? Uh, Carrera GTs. I'm just interested. What livery colors you guys like? I don't know if I've ever seen a Carrera GT other than silver. Black. Black Carrera GT. I, see, John and I disagree with you on the black cars, man. But yeah. all right. Yeah, I, I'd We've have got, to do. Yeah. Silver. No, there's only a few cars that 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 really do black well, and I think that the Carrera GT in black would do well. It's not bad. I'm gonna go. So, John, you went the silver with the pop. I'm gonna go kind of meet you guys in the middle. I'm gonna go with the seal gray, which is like a matte finish gray. Kind of like that. <laughs> That's good. Saying. All right. Is colorway, is colorway appropriate when talking about cars, or are we just talking liveries here? <laughs> Regardless. Yeah, appropriate, I, I think so. I don't think, if it's, I don't think it technically classifies a livery unless it's got a sponsor sticker on it. Okay. Well, we'll discuss that in another episode. But that ha- this has been this episode of Zero Lift. You guys can uh, tell us how wrong we are about our choices and cars. You can find us on Instagram at Zero Lift Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Zero Lift Podcast. Uh, I've been Ryan. I've been here with Lenny and John, and we appreciate you listening in. And hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll catch you next time and keep it pinned. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.